Welcome back to another episode of Wednesday Wisdom on the Educational AD Podcast. We've got a very special Wednesday Wisdom this week, uh, but before we meet our guest, I want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports and We Coach. These are two fantastic organizations that you really need to be a part of. Check out We Coach and the Global Community of Women in High School Sports. Now let's have a quick word from our podcast sponsors. We want to thank Athletic Surveys uh, for sponsoring the Athletic Director Toolbox segment of our regular podcast. Athletic Surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve every aspect of your program. At my schools, we use surveys for just about everything, for teachers, for coaches, for kids, and for parents. And the information that would come back on these surveys was almost always positive, and it'll be the same for you. But surveys also allow that squeaky wheel parent to vent a little bit. And sometimes they'll share a small issue that you can address and keep from turning into a big issue because you didn't know about it, because you didn't do a survey. Go to athleticsurveys.com or email them at info at athleticsurveys.com to find out more. If you've never used a survey to take the pulse of your parents or your student athletes, you're really missing out. Talk to the pros at Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack and let them help you take your athletic program from good to great. We also want to say thanks to Final Forms, the industry leader in registration, but Final Forms is so much more than that. Final Forms can help your stakeholders with uh, parent reminders about policies, about physicals, and all the forms that come when you have an athlete in the house. Final forms can help your coaches with things like attendance and communication. And for you as an athletic director, final forms can help with um, eligibility, with rosters, and all the reports that come across your desk. You know, it's time that you talk to a team that's walked in your shoes. To take the next steps, go to finalforms.com slash Jake. That's finalforms.com slash Jake and get started with final forms. We also want to say thank you to Huddle. Go to huddle.com. Huddle is how the world sees sports. Over 200,000 teams use Huddle to help their athletes perform at the highest level. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years. And as an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And if you go to huddle.com, you're going to find tools that will help your athletes, your teams, your coaches play better. Go to huddle.com and you'll find a complete professional grade solution to the challenges that you and your coaches face. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Go to huddle.com and find out how to turn your school into a Huddle school. We also want to say thanks to our good friends at Gipper. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channels. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. Go to Gipper.com and tell them you heard about it on the podcast. Use our code ADPOD10 and get 10% off. That's Gipper.com. Create custom-branded content for your school's social media channel. We also want to say thanks to Snap Mobile. 
go to onsnap.com. That's onsnap.com and check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you out as an athletic director. SnapRaise is their very successful fundraising platform. Our coaches use SnapRaise and it was just terrific. Um, and if um, you go to SnapRaise, there's actually an option to get your funding before you even start your fundraiser. SnapSpend is their secure money management platform. Snap Store allows you to order custom spirit gear for everybody on your team. Snap Connect is their multilingual family engagement program. And Snap Manage will help you create an entire website. You can find it all at onsnap.com. That's onsnap.com. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. If you go to hometownticketing.com, they will show you how to set up and sell your tickets online. They'll show you how to scan the attendees that come to your games and collect your revenue. And every step of the way, you'll have a dedicated client success manager providing hands-on support. That's every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com. They'll also show you how to set up and sell tickets for things like school dances, school plays and concerts, even graduation. You can find it all at hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thank you to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school's record boards for all your sports or your school's Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com and check out their interactive touchscreen consoles and their library of templates, which will help you recognize the athletic achievements of your students, both past and present. You can also email them at sales at vitalsignswalloffame.com. Let them help you showcase your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. And we want to thank the good folks at sidelineinteractive.com. They're Indoor scoring tables and video boards not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student athletes. We've got a sideline interactive indoor score table in our gym, and it's just fantastic. We use it for home games, but we also use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com and schedule a live web demo and see their tables and boards in action. You can also email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com to see exactly what their fantastic products can do for you. That's sidelineinteractive.com or email them at sales at sidelineinteractive.com for more information. Welcome back everyone to a very special Wednesday Wisdom segment. Uh, we've got a previous podcast guest actually she was the 300th interview that we did um her uh toolbox recommendations are in the second edition of the athletic director's toolbox but as part of our year-long celebration of the 50th anniversary of title nine very happy and excited to bring back uh jan murphy uh jan was a title nine pioneer um you know competing at the high school and the college level back in the early days of Title IX, went on to have an extremely successful career 
as a high school and as a college coach. And uh, even though she retired a couple of years ago, she's still very active in the sport uh, at the state and at the national level. So Jan Murphy, welcome to Wednesday Wisdom. Well, thanks for having me back, Jake. Okay. Well, uh, again, uh, you were there at the very beginning. And uh, if somebody missed, you know, your podcast episode, which I encourage you to go back and listen to, um, give us a little bit of uh, of your background, you know, where you're born, where you grew up a little bit, uh, you know, put it in context for us. Well, I was born in uh, Los Angeles and my family moved to Oregon when I was 12. And uh, I was immediately a very good athlete and found that out through the president's fitness test in junior high school. So I went out for track. I was successful at the track season. And then the next year I wanted to run cross country. And that was 1974 when Title Line was being enacted across uh, the state of Oregon. And I wanted to run cross country. And I was told, well, you can't, we don't have a, a team for you. And I said, well, I can run on the boys team. Didn't make the coach happy, but I did. And I was successful, uh, made the top uh, seven sometimes. And he said, okay, you can have your own team. So I literally recruited four of the girls to run with me every week. Uh, That team went to state. Uh, The next year, it just became a thing. It was a very successful uh, program and it continues to be successful today. Um, I did go on to Oregon State University and uh, ran cross country and track there. I ran the 5,000 meters. Yeah, we'll talk about your college experience here in a second, but uh, let's go back to uh, uh, those high school uh, days. So, you know, you ran uh, on the track team that spring and and had some success. I think you're being kind of modest. Uh, Didn't you, you know, set some school records or something? Uh, And then that fall, uh, there is no girls cross country team. So you're literally running with and beating a lot of the boys. And at that point, the coach says, okay, you can have your own team. Is that how it went? Kind of. Yeah. He said, you know, you can have your own team. You need to go get some girls to run with you so you can have team because you need to have five on a cross country team. And I did recruit four different girls every week because, you know, once they did it, they never wanted to do it again. Even my sister ran once. Oh my goodness. Now, the from a coaching standpoint, I'm not trying to, you know, throw anybody under the bus, but did the boys coach, was he also the girls coach or did you have to go out and find an, uh, a separate girls coach? Uh, that first year he was the girls coach. And then I remember my, the next year they hired uh art teacher that uh, coached cross country, Coach Moan. Yeah. So oh, that very- really helped the success of the team because we had somebody who was uh, on our side. Oh, no, absolutely. You know, you know that, you know, you know, obviously later on becoming a coach, how important that is to have that, yeah. that coach in the building. Um, let's go ahead and uh, transition to those college years. You know, you mentioned that uh, you, you went to Oregon State University. Now, what was the state of of women's college athletics and I guess in particular cross country and track at the Division One level back in this would have been, I guess, 1976? Yeah, the fall of 1976. Uh, from my recollection, it was the first year they let women run the 5,000 meters at all. We were still in the Northwest Women's Athletic, some other letters, but a, a, an association uh, that was sort of separate from NC2A. Uh, I know I ran in a regional meet and I had a t-shirt with you know all those letters on it. 
Um, but we had, uh, I want to say a tennis coach, uh, who was basically just a manager and then a GA who, uh, ran with us. Uh, we, it was not great conditions. We all rode a bus. We would go from Corvallis, Oregon to Seattle in a bus. Um, we did spend the night once we had to get sack lunches on our meal plan, uh, for us to eat. Um, it was, it was not great, not great at all. I think we wore hand-me-down sweats. I still have a pair. <laughs> so it was a challenge. Now, um, I, I'm going somewhere with this question. Uh, so bear with me. Uh, are you still in touch with any of the, the women who ran on that first cross-country team back at Oregon State University? Well, I went to high school with one. So I see her from time to time. Um, and then, uh, last month at the, uh, hall of fame that inducted a bunch of women, um, I, I ran into several that I had not seen since I graduated. Oh, that was kind of fun. Let's go and talk about that. Uh, you know, you shared with me that, um, last month, the Oregon state university as part of their annual, um, athletic hall of fame also recognized a number of what they called Title IX trailblazers, and you were one of those trailblazers uh, that was acknowledged. Talk a little bit about that experience. Uh, well, I got to tell you, like a lot of other women, I was like, really? Is this for real? Is this a trick email? And I know at least two people didn't go because they didn't even believe it. But it was a wonderful experience. Uh, they inducted, I, I want to say it was the first Women's Hall of Fame because they inducted a lot of people. Uh, like, I don't know, maybe 50, 40 people. It was a lot. Um, so we had a couple of track teams that in the 70s uh, did pretty well. Relay teams that scored, uh, national athletes that made the national meet. So um those were all uh, um, honored. Yeah, again, I, I was able to see some photos of that, and it just looked like a really, really cool event. And congratulations, uh, you know, for being singled out by uh, Oregon State uh, as a Title IX trailblazer. Okay, very cool stuff. Thank you. Uh, Let's go and um, talk about your coaching career. Now, again, you had a tremendous career uh, at the high school level. Uh, you coached collegiately, you know, coached some All-Americans, uh, coached some people that competed at the Olympic level, had numerous state championships, uh, Coach of the Year honors. Um, there's an expression that is used, and it's a very appropriate uh, expression, you know, regarding women uh, that you know, we want, you know, this women, you know, we want a seat at the table. Well, you've had a seat at the table for a long time. How did you go or what were some of the things that you did once you were at the table to, let's say, you know, continue to, you know, let the other people at the table know, hey, you know, women's sports is important. Uh, I know what the heck I'm doing. Uh, you know, share a little bit about that experience. Well, I volunteered for uh, advisory groups. I volunteered to be in Florida. They have a uh, FACA runs a senior track meet or cross country meet after the state meet. I volunteered to do that. 
Uh, and I just tried to get involved and stay involved. And when we were in meetings, say, hey, don't forget us, uh, just repeatedly. And I want to say in Florida, it took seven, eight, nine, maybe even 10 years before I felt like people even saw what I was trying to say or what I was trying to do. And now when you go to a meeting, it's almost 50-50 with men and women. So that's been really awesome to see. So uh, again, I, I certainly don't want to put words in your mouth, but and it, acknowledging that it it took many years and that we still, you know, undoubtedly have a lot of room to go. Um, but you, it sounds like you were very proactive of, you know, volunteering for the committees, you know, serving on committees, going to the conferences and things. And, and as you said, hey, you know, we're over here or I'm over here. Uh, is that a good uh, uh, summary of that? I think so. Yeah, I I tried not to be that uh, trying to think of the, the right word to say, but that creaky wheel that you hated. You wanted to be that just a reminder, like, don't leave us out. And so I tried to uh, skirt that, you know, being in your face, but not being that we don't like her because she's always in her face kind of person. So, and it helps that I'm short and easy to go. Oh yeah. She's just over there. <laughs> you, you weren't physically uh, threatening to, uh, you know, no. the, the men in the room. All right. and no. We all know how important that is. Yeah. Um, uh, again, tremendous career, um, Hall of Fame worthy career, definitely. Uh, even though you retired a couple years ago, you're still very active in cross country and track and, you know, in, in athletics as well as an official, um, not just here uh, in Florida, but also at the national level. Talk a little bit about that. How'd you get involved with officiating and, you know, what's the path for somebody that might want to get involved in and be like you, uh, a, a multi-meet national uh, official? Well, when, as a 40-plus uh, track coach veteran, when you would go to a track meet, you always worked an event. So I've been an official for 40-plus years. I think when we moved to Florida, the official said, can you join our association? Can you take the rules test? Can you do other meets besides just the ones your team's at? So I did some of that as it worked into my schedule. Um, and then I, I think the year that uh, my son was at the pole vault and didn't jump a height and the referees argued with me and I said, okay. And my son got fourth place that year. I was like, okay, I'm going to have to be a little bit more active in this association so that I can't complain about officials if I'm not willing to to do them. So I've done that more officially since then. So really about 10, 10 years more series like that. And then I joined USA Track and Field in 2015. So I've been very active since then in both USA Track and Field, high school track and field. I worked for the Pacific Association. So I did the college meets uh, that were in our area. And I've continued to do that. I recently just uh, came home from the uh, USA annual meeting, which is all about, you know, getting our sport recognized and people knowing how they can be officials. So. Yeah. I mean, I, you go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I was going to say, I forgot what else you asked me. <laughs> uh, well, I, I was going to say you are, uh, I know you're on that go-to list. Uh, here in Florida for, you know, state, uh, the state championship meets uh, as an official. 
Um, talk a little bit about, you know, uh, coaching in a national meet. Uh, you've, uh, you've done a number of, of national uh, collegiate meets uh, here in the last couple of years. Uh, talk about that experience. Uh, it was, it was really thrilling. Uh, I think the year that uh, Missouri Valley College went to the uh, national meet in uh, California, where I think we took like 22 kids. We rented three vans, having that great group of people. It was phenomenal. Our teams did uh, great. And it really, you know, left them all with a, they loved their college experience because they got to go to that national meet. And we did a lot of fun things when we were out in California as well. Uh, the first year I was a head college coach, my team won the conference. I got coach of the year and we ran at Kenosha, Wisconsin. And it's just fun to do something different you've never done before. It was snowing. It was crazy. And my girls were just really bad, glad to be there. Yeah, great, uh, great, great memories, and uh, appreciate you sharing those with us. If one of our listeners wanted to reach out, pick your brain a little bit about, you know, coaching or uh, being an official or, you know, talk about Title IX, what's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Uh, my email, it's janpmurphy at gmail.com. Okay, janpmurphy at gmail.com. Yes. Um. Jan, thanks so much for um, taking some time to be with us on Wednesday Wisdom today and all the best uh, moving forward. All right. Thank you. It was great to be here again. Okay. And for our listeners, uh, don't forget, um, if you missed Jan's podcast episode, it's episode number 300. And it's also uh, her toolbox suggestions are also included in the Athletic Director's Toolbox second edition. Uh, we do this every single Wednesday, and the Zoom recordings of all of our interviews get uploaded to the Educational AD Podcast YouTube channel. Come back next Wednesday for more Wednesday wisdom and just about every day on the Educational AD Podcast. We'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening to this week's Wednesday wisdom episode. We do want to thank our sponsors who helped make this all happen. Final Forms, On Snap, Snap Mobile, Gipper, Huddle, Sideline Interactive, Vital Signs Wall of Fame, Hometown Ticketing, and Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack, who sponsored the AD Toolbox segment of our regular podcast. Um, don't forget, uh, we will be attending the uh, NADC conference in Nashville. So uh, shoot me an email at jakes touchdown at gmail.com if you'd like to chat or my cell phone is 305-218-1325 give me a call or shoot me a text i would love to connect and we'd love to get you on the podcast to tell your story so uh again thanks for tuning in to wednesday wisdom we'll see you next time everybody have a great week